Greetings again in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Pastor May J. Gibbons Sr. coming to you on this Friday evening on the, uh, January the 12th uh, at 6 o'clock here at On the Wall. He ministers for our Bible Institute. We do thank God for you joining us on this uh, evening. Oh, it's rainy outside, but uh, we're here to do what God has assigned us to do anyway, but we thank God for you joining us on this evening. We've been studying the crucifixion salvation, and the glory of God. We've been studying that uh, on the last few months. We started studying uh, uh, the doctrine of uh, salvation, and, and as we studied through that, we talked about God reveals our need. We talked about the doctrine of depravity. We have to find ourselves in a state of depravity, and we need a Savior. Then God changes our heart. We talked about the doctrine of regeneration. Then God enables our belief. That's the doctrine of conversion. And then we've been studying God reverses our status, the doctrine of justification, uh, the doctrine of adoption that we studied on last week. And this week we want to talk about the doctrine of union with Christ, the doctrine of union with Christ. Uh, very uh, important study for us to study tonight, so we're asking you to uh, pray with us and pray for us. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, again for this day. We thank you, O Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to come. And as we come, Lord, we ask that you would just lower your dear servant and down the deep well of our salvation. Touch my lips that I might boldly say those things that you have given unto me that now I will give unto your people. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. Uh, we ask you to bless our teacher, bless the student, bless the material that we're about to cover, and let it be known that we have an understanding heart to receive in Christ Jesus' name we ask, in his name we do pray, amen. Amen. The doctrine of the union with Christ. Um, as we studied uh, the doctrine of the union with Christ, we want to reveal certain facets of God reversing our steps. So we are going to think, uh, as we go through this, that God reverses our status and the doctrine of the union with Christ as we get through this. So some would even say that the doctrine of the union with Christ sums up the whole doctrine of salvation and probably does that in many ways, but uh, here's our overview. As we look at the overview, we'll look at uh, uh, in uh, John chapter 15, verses 5, uh, Jesus says that I am the tree vine and ye are the branches, wherefore Whosoever abides in me and I in him, he is uh, that bears much fruit. For apart from me, ye shall do nothing. And then he tells us again in Galatians, the second chapter, he said that I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God and who loved me and gave himself to me. So here he is trying to get us to understand as we understand that God is present with us and he will provide with us if we make the right connections. Are we connected to the vine? And then our first point is our union with Christ is supernatural. Our union with Christ is a supernatural union because we are in the Father, and the Father is one with us. So John 17th chapter, in verses 20 and 21, he said, I do not ask you these things, but also for those who believe in me, in their word, that they may all be one, just as you, 
Father are in me and I in you, that they also will be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So Jesus is given uh, the understanding that uh, this relationship that we have with God is a supernatural relationship. And he says in 1 John, the 15th, second chapter, verses 24, let what he have heard from the beginning abide in you, and is what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. So here uh, we have this union with Christ through the Father, uh, through the Father, through Christ, where we can have that relationship with him. Then John, first chapter, verses 4 and 15 and 16 tells us, Whosoever confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and, be in, uh, and he in God. So have come to know that to believe uh, the love what God has for us, God is love, and whosoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So here we're giving us the evidence of our overview that our union is with Christ is a supernatural union that we have with the Father through him. And through that supernatural reunion, we are also in the Holy Spirit. We are in the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 chapter tells us that whosoever uh, are in the flesh but in the spirit, but if in fact that the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to me. So in order for us to have that union with God, it's through the union that we have in Jesus Christ. So the Father is not only, uh, uh, we are in the Father, but the Father also is in us. He evidences this in John, the 14th chapter, verses 23. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and will come to him, and make our home with him. So not only we are in the Holy Spirit, but the Father is in us, but also the Holy Spirit is in us. So we are in the Spirit, but the Spirit is also in us. He evidences this in first chapter, first Corinthians chapter three, verses sixteen. He says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and in that God's spirit dwells in you? And he also says in first Corinthians six chapter, verses nineteen, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit that is within you, that whom you have from God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Uh, so God is continuously letting us know that we are in him and he in us. And also we have fellowship with the Father. And it says in 1 John 1 and 3 that which we had been seen and heard and proclaim also to you that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. All of this is to bring us into a knowledge that we have fellowship with the Father. Second chapter, uh, excuse me, Second Corinthians 6 chapter verses 16 through 18 says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will make my dwelling place among them and among them I will be their God. So he's telling us again that we have fellowship with the Father through Jesus Christ the Son. So we have fellowship also with the Holy Spirit. 
So we are the Holy Spirit. We are the Father is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And we have fellowship with the Father, but we also have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Tells us in 2 Corinthians, uh, the 13th chapter, verses 14. It says, the grace of our Lord and Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So our union also with Christ is spiritual. It was supernatural, but our relationship with Christ is also spiritual. And he says in First uh, Corinthians 6 chapter verses 17, but he, he who is joined into the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So we are what? Uh, uh, in union with Christ in the spirit, he tells us in Romans 8 chapter verses 9 through 11, so whosoever is not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact that the spirit dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So our relationship with the Holy Spirit is through Christ, and our relationship through Christ is through the Holy Spirit. He tells us again in Luke 11th chapter, verses 11 through 13, but what father among you would ask of his fish, and, and at, whose son would ask for a fish and still would give him a serpent? Uh, we said last week, ask for an egg, you'll give him a scorpion. He said that how much more would your heavenly father give to those who ask of him? So we have a father that cares for us, and we have a relationship with him through the spirit. And only we would ask the Spirit, he will give us what we need. So we have to understand also that we should ask God for gifts because he is a giver. We ask him for supply, but he is a, a, a source of our supply. We ask him for money, and he is the bank that gives us all that we need. Uh, John Calvin says that we must examine the question that how do we receive the benefits which the Father has bestowed upon us, the only begotten Son, not Christ's only private use, but he might enrich poor and needed people like you and I. First, we must understand that as long as we are Christ, we remain outside of us, but we are separated from him. All that he has suffered and done for the salvation of the human race remains useless and of no value to us. Although that he possesses is nothing to us until we grow into one body with him and the Holy Spirit is bound by which Christ effectually unites to us by himself. So once we abound with Christ through the Holy Spirit, now we begin to understand that everything that God has for us is made available to us through the Holy Spirit. We have also our union with Christ is an unusual reunion. He says in Ephesians 5th chapter, verses 29 through 32, for no one ever hated his own flesh but he nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does uh, to the church because we are members of his body. So we, our union with Christ is an unusual union and our union with Christ is also a vital union. It says in Romans 6 chapter verse 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. He also says in Philippians 1st chapter verses 21, for we, uh, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So uh, to live for Christ, our mission, 
uh, our union with Christ is a vital union that we have. And also, it is a personal union. The union we have with Christ is a personal union. He said, therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. And that old things are passed away. Now, all things have become new. Also, Philippians 3rd chapter, verses 8 said, Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of the knowing of Christ, the Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. So here he's saying that the union with Christ is a personal union that we have to consider. And also our union with Christ is a communal reunion. He says there is neither Greek nor Jew, nor bond nor free, and there is no male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus, that we are all a uh, body of the Christ. So we are communal uh, union that we have with Christ. He says in Galatians first chapter verses 22, and I was still unknown in person to the churches in Judea that are in Christ. So here we are in union with Christ in a communal union uh, that he said, don't forsake the gathering of the church together. So our union with Christ is also an eternal union. He says in Ephesians first chapter verses three and four, he said, bless the God of our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ in every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even uh, as he chooses in us. Uh, in himself before the foundation of the world, that he should be holy and blameless before him. Ephesians first chapter. So our union with Christ is eternal and uh, to the eternity of future and also to our eternal salvation. He says in Romans 8th chapter verses 38, he says, Therefore I am sure that neither death nor life or angels nor rulers nor anything else and no powers or height or death or anything on all creation will able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. So his, his, his relationship, his union that we have with him is an eternal relationship, an eternal union. So the doctrine of the union with Christ is the union with Christ which is, means that as believers that we are saved by God's grace and Christ is in us. And we are in Christ, and we are with Christ, and Christ is with us. So the doctrine of the union with Christ is expressed in those many ways that, that we are in Christ, we are in Christ, Christ in us, and we are with Christ, and Christ is with us. So first of all, let's talk a little about Christ in us. And he says in Colossians first chapter, verses 27, to them that chose to make known how uh, great among the Gentiles are the rulers of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ is in us, and when Christ is in us, we abide in him, and he will abide in us. And when he abides in us, now we have full access unto the Father. Then Christ, the empowered life. He says that he is the image of God, and he is the image of God, the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So Christ is that image of God who came not only for us to have uh, salvation, but he came whereby we would have an empowered life. 
He's the author of all creation. It says in Colossians 1 and 16 and 17, for by him all things are created. And he also, he is the head of the church. He says in Colossians 1st chapter verse 18, he says that he is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning of the firstborn of the dead, and that everything might be preeminent. That he also is the savior of the world. Uh, he is in us as the Savior of the world. He said, for in him, what? The fullness of God was uh, pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile himself to all things. Colossians 1, chapter 19 and 20. So he is in us, but he is also in you to transform your life. God is in you so that we can live a transformed life. He tells us in Genesis 26 chapter 24 verse, the Lord appeared unto him by day and night, said, I am the God of Abraham. Fear not that I am with you and will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So God is with us to transform our life and, and to be able to make us into that which God will desire us to be. He tells us in Joshua, the Old Testament, no man shall be able to stand uh, before you in all your days of your life, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you, and I will not leave you, neither will I forsake you. So God is with us so that he can be able to change our lives and make things different for us and to be able to help us to be able to traverse through this world and live in victory and also to live uh, eternal salvation that he has offered unto us. He tells us in John 7th chapter, verses 33, I will be with you a little longer, then I am going away uh, to him who sent me. So God is there to transform our life, to give us an eternal home and glory so that we can live in victory. Not only... See, Jesus died for you so that he might live in you. Jesus died for you so that he might live in you. He tells us in uh, uh, one of the writings of Hudson Taylor, he says that, Oh, it is joy to feel Jesus living in you, to find your heart all taken up by him, uh, to be reminded of his love and his seeking communion with you at all times, not by your painful attempts to abide in him, he is our life. He is our strength, our salvation. And, and I am no longer anxious for anything, for he, I know, is able to carry out his will. And his will is, uh, is mine, and it makes no matter where he places me or how he places me, there I will be satisfied. His grace is sufficient for me to be able to live and to be able, for he is mine, and he is with me, and I dwell in him. Hudson Taylor said these words. And then Christianity is nothing less uh, than the outliving of the indwelling twice. Let's say that again. See, our faith or our Christianity is nothing less than our outliving of the indwelling twice that is inside of us. Galatians 4th chapter verses 18 says that it is always good to make much of uh, for the good purpose, not only when I was present with you, my little children, for I whom am uh, again in the anguish of your childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So the hope of glory is this secured life that we have in Christ. So Christ is in us. It means that 
Christ in you forever. So Christ does not given us something that will come and leave us. So if Christ is in us, Christ said that he will never leave us, nor either will he ever forsake us. So Christ is in us forever. He will never leave us. And also he is there to give us the triumph from church that he would desire for us to have. And the church possesses also the fullness of Christ. The church is Christ here on earth, the image of Christ in earth, the works of Christ here on earth. So all the authority in heaven and earth belongs to the church. He's given to that. He said all of power is given unto them. He told us to go ye therefore in all the earth, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, I be ye always, even unto the ends of the earth. So God is there with us, even until the ends of the earth. He will be there with us and for us. So we are in Christ. He tells us that, that therefore any man be in Christ, we are new creation. We live in Christ. He said, indeed, all desire that I have of living a godly life in Jesus Christ will be what promised to you. Also, we rejoice in Christ. As we know Christ, we rejoice in him. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say unto you, rejoice, Philippians 4 and 4. We find encouragement in Christ. When we get in Christ, we find that encouragement in order for us to be able to make it through this life. He said that if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort for love, any participation in the spirit, any affection or sympathy, he said, complete my joy in being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Philippians 2nd chapter, verse 1 and 2. Also, we find strength in Christ. When we are in Christ, we can live in Christ, we can rejoice in Christ, we can be encouraged in Christ, but we also can find strength in Christ as we go through this Christian life. He says in Ephesians 6 chapter 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. He told us to put on that whole arm of God. Then he tells us also in Philippians 4th chapter that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So he find, we find strength in Christ, but not only strength, but we can find confidence in Christ. He says uh, in Philippians 1st chapter verse 14, and most of my brothers and sisters having confidence in the Lord of my imprisonment is much more bold to speak a word without fear. So when you have that confidence in Christ, you can speak with boldness without any fear. We also have our freedom in Christ. Galatians 2nd chapter verses 4 and 5, he says, Yet because of false brothers and secretly brought in who slipped in the spy and the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so they might bring us into slavery. So we have that freedom that has been offered to us in Christ, but we also have peace in Christ. He tell us in Philippians 4th chapter, verses 4 and 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. We also have wisdom in Christ. And he tells us that we have victory in Christ. 2nd chapter, uh, Corinthians 2nd chapter, verses 14. He said, but thanks be to God in Christ. It also leads us into triumphant processions and thought who spreads the fragrance of his knowledge of him everywhere. Well, also we have hope in Christ. We have victory in Christ. But now also we can have hope in Christ. He tells us that I have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ to send Timothy to you uh, very soon. 
once we have hope in Christ, that we obey our parents in Christ. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And we have to submit uh, to our loved ones in Christ. Wives, submit to your husband. Husband, love your wives. And then we agree in Christ. He tells us to entreat one another uh, with a holy kiss. And then we stand together in Christ. He therefore, my brother, is who I love and long for in my joy and crown. Stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Philippians 4th chapter, verses 1. Then 1 Thessalonians 3rd chapter, verses 8 tells us, For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. Then we work in Christ. Uh, we work in Christ. He tells us in Romans 16th chapter, verses 12, Greet those workers in the Lord, uh, Theophilus and Thyphenius, and greet and also Perseus, and that who have worked so hard for the Lord, Romans 16, chapter, verses 12. Then we are what? We are blessed in Christ. He says, blessed be the God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ in all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians 1st chapter, in uh, verse chapter, verses 3. Then while we are, are in Christ, but we are with Christ. We are in Christ, but we are also with Christ. He tells us in Romans 6 chapter verses, uh, he says that now if we had died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So now not only are we in Christ, but we are with Christ. We have also been crucified with him. The scripture tells us in Romans 6 and 6, we know that the old self was crucified with him in order for that the new body of sin might be brought to nothing. He tells us in Galatians 20, uh, 2 and 20 that I've been crucified with Christ. So we are crucified with him. Put to death with those things that we have in our body that are not according to the will of God. We will put those things to death in our body. Crucify those things that are put to death so that we can live a godly life. Then we have been buried with Christ. And we buried therefore with him in baptism unto death in order that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father uh, that we might walk in newness of life with him. Romans 6 chapter verses 4. And also we have been buried with him. We have been resurrected with him. Romans 6 chapter. We have been united with him by death like this. We shall certainly be united within the resurrection like this. Uh, Romans chapter 6. Then also he said that we have been resurrected with him. We now have fellowship with him. Once we have resurrected with him, we have fellowship with him. Uh, Romans 1st chapter, uh, 1st Corinthians uh, tells us that God is faithful to whom that we are called to fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are now work with him. We fellowship with him, but we also work with him. It tells us in 2 Corinthians in the 5th chapter 21 and 6 and 1, for our sakes that we are made uh, to be sin, that know no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then we appeal to you uh, to receive the grace of God in vain. So now we work together in Christ to carry out uh, the, the kingdom of God, the work that we got to do here. Uh, not only do we work for him, now uh, once we become in uh, communion with him, we have to have, we must suffer with him. 
we suffer with Christ. It says in Philippians 3rd chapter uh, verse 10, he says that, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his suffering because like him in his death, just so we live with him, so we also must what? Suffer with him. If we suffer with him, my Bible tells me that I also must what? Reign with him. It tells us in Romans 8 chapter verses 16 and 17, the spirit himself bears witnesses with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. And if children, we are heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. So in order for to receive the glory of God, we must go through the uh, fellowship with God, the work of God, and the suffering that we have of God through Jesus Christ. So uh, the Bible also tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, and 10, he said, For God is not destined for us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are to reign with him. So also, not only are we uh, with him, he is with us. We are with him, but he is with us. 1 Corinthians 16th chapter, verses 23 said, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And then he also tells us in 2 Thessalonians 13, 3rd chapter, verses 16 and 17, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way, and the Lord be with you all. So he's telling us that Christ is with us. And then he is also with us in the church. He is not only with us individually. Christ is with us in the church. He tells us in Matthew 18th chapter, verses 19 and 20, Again, I say unto you, if two of you agree on earth that is among you and ask, then it will be done unto you uh, and my Father in heaven, that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be among you. And he tells us in Romans 16th chapter, verses 17 and 20, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch with those that uh, cause divisions and causes uh, uh, obstacles and contrary to the doctrine that, that you have been taught, avoid them. And then he's telling us that uh, to avoid those that are in the church. So he's with us in the church to warn us and to let us know about things that are in the church that are not according to his will. And then he's with us in the world. He's with us in the church, but most of all, we need him in the world. He tells us in Acts 19, chapter verses 9 and 11, And the Lord said to Paul one night in the vision, Do not be afraid. He says that, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. So God will be with us in the world when we go out to do the work that he's called us to do. But also he is with us forever. He says in Matthew 28 and 20, I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. So uh, God is there for us. He's there to be able to keep us and to bring us in alignment with us. The union that we have with Christ will sustain us uh, as we become uh, newly uh, born Christians. Then he'll sustain us as we grow to the maturity in Christ Jesus. 
and he'll be with us as we get involved with our church and the work that we do, but also he will sustain us and keep us while we are in the world doing the work that he's called us to do. But he's also, he'll be with us forever, even until the end of the world. He tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4th chapter, verses 13 through 28, but we do not want you to be an uninformed, my brethren, or, uh, and for those things that are asleep, that they may not grieve for those that have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so Jesus Christ, God will bring with him those that have fallen asleep. And then we can declare to you by the word of the Lord that we are alive who are left until the coming of the Lord will proceed to those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from the heaven, heaven with a cry of the command, with the voice of an archangel, that the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then that we are alive who are left and will be caught up together with him into the clouds to meet him in the air, and we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So we will be with the God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whatever. He is in us. We are in him. He is with us in the world. He is with us in the church. He is with us to be able to help us through this work that God has called us to do. God did not call us and equip us to leave us. He said that he will be with us and he'll never leave us, neither will he ever forsake us. So we thank God for the night. God reverses the status, the doctrine of the union with Christ as we are with Christ. God empowers us through the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to work this work that he has assigned us to do. All we need to do is to be ready when he calls. God is looking for men and women, boys and girls, who are not afraid to step out and to witness him into the world. He is, he'll be with us. He'll be there. He'll go with us throughout every area that he will send us. He will not send us out alone. He will be there for us. All he needs uh, for us to do is to accept the call. He told us to go ye therefore in all the earth, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. God is with us. He is with us, we are with him, and all he wants us to do is to be able to accept the call that he has given unto our lives. And if we accept the call, all we need to do now is to go. He'll be there, he's with us, and he wants us to be with him. And he's given us the choice. So he's like Joshua. We got to choose you this day who we will follow. We will serve the Lord. We will have him to be the center of our life. And if he becomes the center of our life, then we are equipped to go out to do the work, to draw men, women, boys, and girls unto him. And once we call him unto him, God will do the work. We do the work of calling and drawing people unto God. And once we draw them to God, God will do the work. He'll do the work on their hearts. He will do the work to be able to get them committed to the cause of Christ. God bless you. We thank God for you joining us. We have the doctrine of, of the union with Christ. We need him to be with us. And we need him to be able to give us what we need to do this work God has called us to do. God bless you. 
We'll see you on Sunday morning at our Sunday school hour. We'll see you at our worship hour at 9.30. And we're excited about what God is going to do. And God's going to do what he's going to do in spite of us uh, not truly believing in him. He's going to work it out. But I want you to have the faith to believe that God is going to work this thing out. And, and you got to trust and believe. Uh, a gentleman came in today. He was talking about uh, Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in until your own understanding and all your ways and knowledge him. And he will give you the strength. He'll direct your path. He'll put you on the right path of life if you would have him in you. So receive the gift of God through Jesus Christ that he is made available to you to put his spirit in you so that you can have the spirit of God in you to accomplish that greater work that he has in store for you. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, again for this night. We thank you for this class. We thank you for the information that you've given unto us. Now let us go out to do the work, knowing that we have you in us and we in you to be able to accomplish the greater work you have called us to do. God bless you. God Thank you so much for what you have done in us and through us. And we lift up your name now and give your name all praise, glory, and honor in Christ Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. God bless you. We'll see you again on next week.